Welcome to Meet, Act, and Part, a Masonic podcast hosted by Midnight Freemasons, Greg Knott, Darren Larners, Todd Friesen, and Bill Hosler. and welcome to another exciting episode of Meet, Act, and Part. This is episode 45, and we've titled this The Mature Masculine Friendship. And first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm one of your co-hosts tonight, Greg Knott. Hi, I'm your other co-host, Darren Laners. And Bill Hostler is off tonight. He's been getting organized after a move. And so, Bill, uh, if you're listening, hope you're doing well and... Uh, Finish up your move, and you'll be back with us soon. Darren and I uh, were talking about what we wanted to do for a topic for an episode, and I mentioned that he had done a presentation first to Homer Masonic Lodge and later to the uh, Valley of Chicago Scottish Rite, but on a very good topic, and that's the one that we've, we've used for the title of this episode, Mature Masculine Friendship. And... Uh, what we decided to do is I'm really going to kind of in an interview format, talk with Darren and walk through this, the the presentation that he did. And because there's so many good topics here that I think are that the timeliness of it couldn't have been better on Darren's part to present this. And I think you'll understand more as we go through part of it. You know, Darren was talking about core values. Darren was We'll get, you know, get deeper on this, talking about really some of the issues that we're seeing in men today that in many ways have been exasperated by the last couple of years of COVID or accelerated in many, uh, in many cases. And he writes this and presents this with a focus of what the fraternity, how it can interact with these things, and, and he weaves these core values in. We'll be talking about these, some of the Scottish Rite core values, and how those tools can help men today in society. And so let me um, just kind of go to the beginning here, Darren, and tell the little bit more maybe about the, the, the presentation itself and how you picked this topic. Uh, you were asked to come uh, to the Valley of Chicago and speak. But what struck your attention to focus on this mature masculine friendship? So I would say that the presentation is inspired by most worshipful brother Bob Davis. And Bob wrote a book. It is Understanding Manhood in America, Freemasonry's Enduring Path to the Mature Masculine. Yes. And essentially... Uh, it gave a lot of the similar points. You know, his background is essentially in the southern jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite. And in fact, in meeting uh, Most Worship Brother Davison at uh, Masonicon in Chicago, I was surprised to find out that he's never seen any of the northern Masonic jurisdiction degrees which I, I kind of found fascinating, but not really so because I've never seen any of the Southern jurisdiction, uh, Scottish Rite degrees. But in any case, just it had been, I had been toying around with the idea of a book, uh, about mature masculinity and Freemasonry. But after reading, almost um, Brother Davis's book, I, I just felt that, uh, 
that his grasp on the subject was was something that I, I wasn't going to be able to, you know, lend much more to. So uh, when asked to come up with uh, to give a topic for presentation, Four Double Eagle Con, which was going to be Northern or Scottish Rite focused, uh, I just, you know, kind of put on the thinking cap and this is what came out of that. What interested me first about your presentation, because we were talking about this as you were putting it together, was the core values. And we had been talking about core values in uh, Admiration Chapter, which is our local Royal Arch chapter, and how those play into Freemasonry. And so, Darren, you took the six Scottish Rite core values, which it's ironic, good timing of us talking about this uh, a week or so ago as we record this. The Masonic, Northern Masonic jurisdiction has rolled out a new campaign. Their first one was not just a man, a Mason focused on the Blue Lodge and their most recent campaign adds to that and talks about the Scottish Rite. But what they do in that campaign, they've produced some videos, which talks about each of those Scottish Rite core values of the Northern Masonic jurisdiction. And let me. Just read the six of these, Darren, and then let's walk through each of the six, because this is sort of how you've laid out your presentation, and you're, you're starting to relate it to this topic of the mature masculine. Reverence for God, devotion to country, integrity, justice, tolerance, and service to humanity. And those, those just, those speak to me as I, as I hear them. The degrees are focused around them. Uh, a lot of what we do in all of masonry can be related to those. But, Darren, your first one you did get into was reverence for God. And, of course, uh, as you say in your presentation, a belief in a higher power is a prerequisite for membership. But expound on that reverence for God a little bit as you thought about uh, your presentation, your topic. We're taught as one of our very first lessons first degree that uh, no man should take undertake an undertaking without blessing a deity right that's one of the very first things that we learn upon our entrance to the lodge for the very first time i think that essentially without a belief in a higher power everything else is i don't want to say unenforceable but you know essentially having the belief for a higher power is that cornerstone upon what these other values or values are, are built. So just being able to respect others' beliefs, you know, having tolerance for those. And then also, you know, just looking around and, and being able to appreciate what the great architect has, has given us on, on this planet, you know, just being able to, to, to go out in nature and, 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 you know, kind of feel that and, and be, be part of that and, and be, be one with nature. That's, that's really, I think the most important core value is, is having a belief in, in a, in a higher power, however you define it. And, and, you know, how, whatever religion you subscribe to. I'm not saying that there's a correct answer for that, but what I am saying is that, you know, I, I, 
I personally have a belief in a, a higher power. I don't know how I define that it may vary day to day, but uh, at the end of the day, I do understand that there's something at work in our universe that I cannot explain. And I just, this uh, feeling of awe to be able to be a part of the universe. Yeah, I think, personally, I think we as human beings are programmed, wired, <laughs> focused on knowing that there is something greater than ourselves. And it, it provides a motivation and uh, a sense of purpose, you know, for knowing that we aren't the only thing here, or we aren't the, the highest form of, of a being, so to speak. And that is one of the things, and I think it's why it's the first core value of what defines Freemasonry is the fact that we have this belief in a supreme being, Darren, as you say, regardless of how we define it. And I think that's what sets us apart and from so many other organizations. And there are certainly other organizations that have that as one of their core beliefs, too. But I think for Freemasonry, it's it's fundamental. And Darren, you mentioned what and you had a point in your slides, which I like. It says this allows us to slow down. And truly honor and respect all of God's creations every day. That slowing down part is so important. And after two years of COVID and, and the other things that have been associated with it, I think we all need to slow down and take account for where we are uh, and just to be thankful. And you, you'll talk about, I think, more as again as we get into this, that slowing down. And the effect that it can have on, I'm going to say, your mental health, because there's so much stress in the world today. And, you know, the uncertainty of the last couple of years, uh, the stress anyway, just of, of, of a modern accelerated society, we don't take that time to slow down. And I think that's one of the differences between 2022 and maybe a generation two, three, four ago. Not that they weren't busy. It's just our pace of life seems to have picked up. And part of that, if we would do, Darren, as you really have laid out here, slow down and, and think about all that and maybe then put it in the context of God really will help us in, in numerous ways. And so um, I think it's just a, a great point you've got there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I believe that uh, I paraphrased it from there's a uh, actually anyone can get this there's a pamphlet that the northern masonic jurisdiction came out with that is called six ways to live our values every day and i essentially took that it's very small pdf and took that and skimmed it and kind of used it to really break out from the masonic point of view uh you know these six core values and and how they do relate to scottish rite freemasonry so so i won't take complete credit for that uh that statement i think i paraphrased it well nonetheless i i think yeah i think it uh it does speak volumes the second of these core values is integrity and you mentioned about being honest and having moral principles Integrity, I think, is a found another foundational element. Again, you know, that's why they're core values. But that integrity, as I think about integrity, uh, 
is the essence of how uh, you know you trust people you believe in their ability to get things done you believe in their approach when maybe they perhaps say something or you know uh, are involved with you in something and it's so it's again one of those almost bedrock principles that is interwoven all throughout our fraternity and equally important uh weaved in you know in society but today you observe do you worry that so many of our public figures have lost integrity and there could be a variety of reasons for that we don't have to get deep into but i i am concerned that we don't see our public officials our public heroes our public people that we look up to and they don't have to necessarily be famous but it seems like that lack of integrity is harder to come by and darren i'd, I'd just be curious of your your thoughts not only as you put your presentation together on that topic but what do you think about integrity in society today you raise a a, a good point i think the one unfortunately the one thing with uh, our society becoming as politicized as it is is that that we we kind of take these buzzwords or these values like integrity and uh, apply them to to fit our belief system so if i'm on one side i'm i'm going to to think that my my side has integrity my side's being honest my side has principles and whether or not that is actually true is a different question altogether so i think that that it's very difficult in this, these times to define integrity but what I will say is that what I what I personally believe is, and I'm paraphrasing something else. Uh, I just uh, written a expose on uh, Dwight Smith's "Whither Are We Traveling?" and and one of the final points that he makes is that the men that we want to be Freemasons have the internal qualifications. And in having those internal qualifications, those will reflect externally, meaning in their actions and their, you know, not only their words, but their actions themselves. And I think that's what having integrity is, is that it is essentially not only saying something, but doing what you say. And I think that, that especially in today's society, that's a very rare trait. And, uh, I mean, to, to be honest, I struggle with this as well because I, you know, and we're going to talk about mental health, so I'm just going to go ahead and broach the subject. I see a therapist who help, helps me navigate some of the issues that, that I'm having. And one of the things, you know, I've discovered is that I tend to assign other people my moral code. And, and believe that everybody kind of lives by the same moral code as I do. And one of the things that I've discovered, and obviously, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, duh, when I say this, is that that's not the case. But but for me, I really kind of felt that everybody innately had some goodness in them. And, and I, I don't honestly, unfortunately, believe that's true anymore. I believe that, that there are a lot of people who are just out to, you know, for themselves and, and 
they have no integrity. So it's, I think having integrity is, it was very, very important and, you know, sets us as a fraternity aside because I will say, you know, nine out of 10 Masons that I've met are men of integrity. You know, there's uh, maybe 9.9, you know, out of 10 Masons. Uh, there's very few that I have met that I would say do not have integrity, but for the most part, they do. Yeah, I agree with you on that. There's always, you know, we always talk about guarding the West Gate, and we won't get into that tonight, but there's always some people, frankly, that just don't work out. And, you know, occasionally, Darren, I think, like, you see that in the fraternity. Of course, as you talked about, you see it in, you know, greater society as well. And you, as you've talked about, you can't assume everybody has that same level of integrity and moral code that you are striving to live up for. I think that what I found the key, a part of it is, is that at least in my personal philosophy is life is too short for me to hang around people that just don't have that, you know, or strive to have that moral code. It doesn't mean that others won't come across or you won't interface with them at some point in your life, but those that you choose to spend time with, because to me, time is the most valuable commodity I have because it's so limited. I'm going to strive to uh, be with people that are working on those same paths that I am. And I think what that does is it rubs off on you in a good way so that, you know, you, you, I mean, me and others, all of us try to strive to do better. And I think a lot of the projects, Darren, you and I worked on in the fraternity, that's been kind of the core, whether we knew it or not, we may not have said that, but I think we've, I've watched both of us grow to be better people just because of, I think the, the integrity that we're all trying to you know, live up to and, and, and learn more about and, 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 and try to illustrate with not only within the fraternity, but certainly without, within the outside world too. So I, I think it's a, it's a great thing. And I've seen, of course, you grow. And, uh, so even if everyone doesn't have that certain moral code or integrity that, uh, you, you, you could assume that they should, uh, I, I think, the benefit of the fraternity is we find an awful lot of people that we can be around that do. And so that's a, a positive thing. The next one you had was justice and justice, you know, immediately when I say it, I, what comes to my mind, of course, is, is the lady holding the scales of justice, you know, and how they are balanced. And you say in the presentation that justice is closely related to integrity. And justice, we hear a lot about justice in the world today. That could be uh, justice as in law and order. It could be social justice, which we're trying as people try to uh, have equal rights and things like that. Uh, you also say in your presentation, striving to live a life unwavering of unwavering integrity allows us to see what is fair and reasonable. And that Again, I think is a foundational element of justice because, you know, one person's justice may, you know, the definition of that may depend from one person to the next. But I think as we, you know, further bring in that topic of integrity, 
that it becomes clear over time if that's how you're trying to live your life, what is justice. Doesn't mean there won't be a disagreement on something, but justice becomes uh, much clearer. And so, Darren, what? How do you see integrity with the justice and of those two interrelating uh, more specifically? So I, I think that uh, what um, essentially what what justice is, and, and I, I use this in my my slide as uh, applying fairness without contingencies provides moral clarity, imbues empathy, and increases internal contentment. I think that that living a just life is that being able to know what is fair and what is reasonable and in striving for for that in your inner dealings with other people. And you know in in Freemason we talk about you know being on the square and and being on the level with our with our brethren, and I, I kind of think that that is you know when you think about that being on the level, you think about those two scales that are you know perfectly balanced, and and that to me is is kind of what I see justice as is is the it's a personal uh, you know obviously we have just the justice system or as you said there's a, a social justice, but at the end of the the, the day that justice really is how you interact with others and and how making sure that your social interactions are essentially fair you go on to the next uh, core value which is tolerance and uh, tolerance you say in your presentation america was built on religious political and social tolerance it's difficult to be tolerant when faced with someone who opposes your own strong personal beliefs. But using the tools of Freemasonry, we can choose tolerance as moral virtue instead of dismissing or getting defensive when opposing beliefs or lifestyles are presented to us. Especially as I think about that third sentence, and I go back to the other things we just talked about, about justice and integrity and reverence for God, you're weaving those in there again. And, we, you know, we were saying earlier, it's like, slow down and, and take your time and, and appreciate what you got. That's not exactly how we said it, but that's what we're saying. And when I think about tolerance in today's society, there's definitely a lack of tolerance. But most of the time I see it as people being dismissive. They immediately have to take either this side or that side and can't see this middle ground. Uh, they get their news, as we've talked in other episodes, from social media, and they may tend to, you know, be tribalized where they're, you know, you're either on that team or this team or with that candidate or this candidate. And we have lost our ability to really be tolerant of one another. And tolerant to me includes listening to one another being patient with one another, you know, understanding that you may not have all the answers, being open-minded and willing to listen to that other person, to learn from that other person. And I think if you go into conversations and, you know, just your day-to-day -day life, you're going to learn a whole lot more if you'll just let yourself. Because I know I've certainly thought I knew a lot about certain topics 
But I'm like, well, I want to learn something different. And I've actually had my mind changed on things. And I, I, I'm glad I did because I think that's, that's part of the growth of a human being and, uh, is learning from, from one another. But tolerance, Darren, tell me some more about tolerance. Yeah, that's, uh, the buzzword of today, right? Because we, I think for, as much as I say here that America was built on religious, political, and social and social tolerance, there's also a lot of intolerance based upon those three things. So I think that that what tolerance requires is critical thinking. And as you said, Greg, not to be so siloed in your thinking because of your disposition politically, religiously, socially, et cetera, et cetera. I think that, that what breaks my heart the most about Freemasonry is seeing brothers at each other's throats on social media because of the things that we do not discuss in Lodge. And I, I, I very rarely on my social media make political statements be, just because I really, we were talking earlier about, about, you know, having energy and, you know, other people's impacts on, on that and not having a lot of time for people that, that are, I guess, toxic for, for lack of a better term. And that's, uh, you know, what tolerance is to me is, is being able to listen to another viewpoint. But also, I think it's very difficult for people to not get defensive when somebody questions their belief system. And so tolerance to me is getting to a point where you can, you can have discussions about delicate matters in a calm uh, way without any of those negative emotions like, you know, anger or, or, being defensive uh unfortunately you know as, as you said it uh, and i'll use uh, one of my favorite masonic words inculcated many people have been inculcated to you know believe that that x person must be bad because they belong to y political party or x person must be bad because they worship y god and uh so on and so forth and that that combating ignorance, I think, is, is, and I don't really say it in this slide, but I think combating that type of ignorance is also part of, of trying to spread tolerance because you can't teach somebody to be tolerant if they're ignorant. Totally agree. I go back to my, you know, statement about time is my most valuable commodity. And if you're just such a toxic person, it's not that I won't respect you or try not to, under, or I will try to, I know we'll understand that you may have different beliefs, but 
when you get to the toxicity level, I'm probably just going to move on because there's so many other people I can interface with that whether they believe what I do or not, uh, I can learn from them and I'll spend my time with them. So devotion to country. Now, hey, this is one of my favorite ones. Darren knows that I love flags and I love parades. And, of course, we were in the Boy Scouts together and all that stuff. And that's one of, you know, I think uh, one of the most funnest parts of Freemasonry is devotion to country. And you say Masons are among the most patriotic citizens, but devotion to country is not just about being patriotic. It is standing up for the rights of our fellow Masons and citizens. And I think, Darren, you just hit it there, that as much as I love flags, and there's always a flag either at my house and on our farm flying 24-7, that flag is a symbol of more than just the cloth that is made up within that flag it really is and it's more than it is the foundational freedoms that perhaps our constitution stands for and many of these other things but it also goes back to i think where we're talking about tolerance and justice and integrity standing up for the rights of our fellow masons and citizens and part of that again is that ability even if i don't perhaps agree with your particular statement on maybe it's policy or beliefs or whatever i think standing up for your right to believe those least especially in our democracy is is foundational and we you know one of the things about freemasonry is we don't teach you how to think we teach you hopefully to think but we don't teach you what to think or how to think we just we encourage you to be a you know a student of the craft but part of that is defending others or standing up for others rights and darren you also talked about practicing civics and that's free you know for me that's a big one i've talked several times about freemasonry is a microcosm of democracy when you have your monthly stated meeting and again it's using take that meeting as an example you 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 are exercising a democratic process to approve a budget or maybe you're voting in a new member or whatever the case is and you may have some debate over it and the debate could have one side two sides three sides or more at the end of it you're trying to compromise because you believe your fellow freemasons are people of integrity and you are trying to come up with a, a you know a joint solution and and but part of it is you're standing up for their rights to speak in lodge about the topic. And again, that may seem like a very simple example, but we look at what's going on in the Ukraine today as we record this. There's people standing up for their country and their rights to have a democracy. And so Freemasonry, one of the interesting things I've heard several times is the only place Freemasonry is not expanding is in places we already have these democratic governments, but in areas in the world that don't have the freedoms that we do in this country, the Masons are growing there because people see what they stand for. And this is one of those principles, I think, that they're trying uh, to utilize. So devotion to country, Darren, what do you think? Well, I don't think it's any accident that so many of the framers of the Constitution and our Bill of Rights were Freemasons, because you see Freemasonry essentially was 
and is a democratic system. Uh, we won't go into the ills of progressive lines, but, you know, essentially there are, in each Masonic Lodge every year, there is an election for the three main officers of that lodge, plus the secretary and treasurer. So, you know, we have these positions that, that are elected, and, and as long as you are a Master Mason, you can run for any of those positions and uh, i think i think that that you know we we see these masonic themes deeply deeply ingrained in in the documents that founded our country because of those men that were standing up at that time to great britain and king george had learned a lot i think probably about democracy from seeing it in action in their own Masonic lodges. So uh, I don't think that it's any a- accident that 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 happens. I think that, uh, you know, my third point, practicing civics, I think that is the best way that one can be devoted to their country, being, you know, practicing their their ability to vote and and participating in in civic minded activities like you mentioned the parades which which we we still do uh, in our little town of St. Joe you know i think that the those are 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 key in just just kind of showing uh that you know even in 2022 that the masonic fraternity is about those things that that we talk about in our, our Bill of Rights, you know, that all men are created equal and that they uh, do have alienable rights. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, that time in our history of, of the United States would have been so fascinating to, to be a, the fly on the wall as the founding fathers had those discussions, either in a lodge meeting or, you know, in the Continental Congress where they were, you know, debating the putting together the Declaration of Independence and then of course later after the American Revolution, the 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 you know, the Constitution and all the things that went into it and then the things that didn't go into it. And then of course they later added the uh the Bill of Rights, which contained the first ten amendments, and then we've added several since then. The next core value and number six of the six we're talking about tonight is service to humanity and it's just you know again as we go through these you just see the link from this one to this one to this one to this one darren says on service to humanity it is the very nature of the masonic fraternity to live to serve our brethren and communities it is taking time to share teach mentor a new mason and lead by example. The first sentence, Darren, it is the very nature of Masonic fraternity to live and serve our brethren and communities. What I've long said, one of my major purposes as I see the fraternity as I learn things within it, either in a lodge meeting or in the Scottish Rite or the York Rite or uh, any other appendant body, is all those tools that I'm learning is to take back out into the community. And, and Darren, you mentioned being involved in civics 
whether that's voting or maybe you're participating in your local government or the chamber of commerce or whatever, is taking those tools we learn inside and taking them back outside to have that positive effect on our communities and the people that live within it. The second point you make, which I think is one of the most important in this whole presentation, and it'll lead into really more of the the masculine discussion we'll have, is mentoring a new Mason leading by example. I know you'll talk about it, but there's so the the lack of the male role model today is just so I think impactful on what our society the direction we've gone and I don't think of that in a positive way uh, so here's an example um, of, of why I think it's important recently my college fraternity emailed everybody that uh, was on their email list and said we have started a new program that is asking alumni to mentor undergraduate students in in our fraternity and I thought about it and I go, you know, I should do that. So I signed up and it's asking you, you know, who you are, and what your background and, and this, that and the other. And it came to one question that really struck me. It says, well, why do you want to do this? And I sat and thought about it for a minute. And I thought, well, I and instantly in my mind came pictures of four or five alumni from when I was in school and our our fraternity it was very new. It had just started not very many years before I was in. And these alumni were not even graduates of the, the university I attended, but they were so devoted to the fraternity because they wanted to make us better people. And as I thought about them, I thought, you know, <laughs> they gave us so much. And it just, it just seemed the right thing to do for me to try to give a little bit about what they gave me to the people coming after me. And in Freemasonry specifically, the mentoring aspect is is one of the biggest ways, I think, that you learn what the fraternity means and to teach it to those that not only come after you, but they're maybe even there before you. Because mentoring doesn't mean it's somebody that follows you. You you could be a mentor to somebody that's already been in the fraternity and you learn from them. But it's taking the time to, to listen and share and, and teach, as you say in this and your slide. Uh, but I think we don't do enough of that. Some of it we do intentionally, some of it we do unintentionally. But I think if we did more of the mentoring, not only would we do a lot of other things better, but the impact Freemasonry has on the outside world could be even more impactful. So, Darren, I'm going to ask you to talk about service to humanity and really let you go ahead and transition into the mature masculine, because really it feeds right into some of the rest of the, the points you made in this great presentation. Okay. So uh, a service to humanity, I think, uh, I think is easily summed up in, in the third point on this particular value that I made and that it's actively applying our Masonic values in everyday life. So it's living, you know, our, not only the core values that we have talked about previously in this episode, but, you know, all of the Masonic tenets that, that we are taught and in the Blue Lodge. I, I know you wanted me to, to kind of go ahead and, and talk about mature masculinity, but 
the next point uh, before uh, we get there uh, that I make is essentially that that uh, male friendships in decline, and that uh, some key indicators of that are that there was a survey taken in 1990 and then another one taken in 2021, and these questions were asked. Um, and the percentage of men without any close friends jumped from 3% in 1990 to 15% in 2021. The percentage of men with only one close friend doubled from 3% to 6% in the same time frame. And then conversely, 40% of men in 1990 said that they had more than 10 close friends. This percentage dropped to 15% in 2021. And what I say is that major male friendships in decline for three reasons. The first reason is social isolation. A lot of men don't have any non-virtual social outlets. So there are opportunities to meet other men um, outside of their workplace are essentially very rare, right? Uh, then lack of role models or mentors that many men grew up in broken homes and or lacking any positive male role models to learn from. And then lastly, socialization, which I think is also a big, big topic, especially for, I would say, probably boomers and Gen X. I don't know millennial if, uh, if it applies as much, but uh, essentially, you know, when you grew up, Greg, when I grew up, men, we were socialized into believing that, you know, if you kind of went up to another guy and just started talking to them, that you might come off as weak or, you know, feminine or, or, or whatever. So uh, I think that, you know, we have had this idea of what a man should be kind of hammered into our head through Hollywood, through, you know, media, through advertising, all these different channels that were bombarded as kind of leads to why male friendship is in decline. And and there, the impacts of that are great because it directly impacts mental health. Essentially, if you don't have a friend that you can share emotional, your emotions with, your feelings with, you uh, end up becoming more angry, irritable, aggressive. And there's actually a psychiatric diagnosis called normative male alexthemia, and that's the inability of men to put emotions into words. And this is essentially because of uh, them being socialized to not, you know, express their feelings and to, you know, conform to traditional masculine norms. So essentially we have had years of men being taught that they need to be strong, resilient, independent, and emotionally inexpressive. And that these, you know, that, that showing emotion, having empathy, having, you know, loving one another is, is, uh, you know, weak and, and these are feminine qualities. You're not, you know, you're not a real man if you're, if you're feel this way. So at the essentially what what occurs is that you have these these men that have become isolated, depressed, and have no outlet for their emotions, and 
what ends up happening, uh, the very worst possible scenario is that they commit suicide. And the numbers that I use in my presentation are pre-pandemic. I, I don't know that they've come out with the, the study for post-pandemic. At least I've not found it. But in 2019, the average rate of suicide was 13.93 per 100,000 individuals. And this rate of suicide was highest in middle-aged white men, which they classified as 45 to 64, and that men died by suicide almost four times more than women, 3.63 times greater. And white males accounted for 69.38% of suicide deaths in 2019, which is essentially uh, for the lodges in our neck of the woods, most of of our, our lodges are made up of this demographic, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what essentially I say is that men need friendship with other men to keep them emotionally grounded and give them support from their own life experiences. And that's when, you know, we talk about mentorship, which we'll talk about here and briefly but that men need these friendships with other men to counter these feelings of depression, anxiety, and isolation. They need to be able to talk to other guys about, you know, what what they're going through. And then I kind of talk about the the types of friendship, Aristotle categories, three types of friendship, friendships of utility, which is essentially between you and somebody who's useful to you in some way, uh, friendship of pleasure, those exist between you and those uh, other people that kind of share maybe the same hobbies or that you do. And then the friendship for the good, which are the friendships that are based on mutual respect, admiration for each other's virtues, and a strong desire to aid and assist the other person because you recognize their essential goodness. And I ask in my, in my presentation of the audience for a show of hands if any of them have a friendship of the good. And then I asked them how many of those friends that are friendships of the good, how many of those friendships are with Freemasons? Usually it's a very high number. And then I ask, why do they think that is? And that's because most Freemasons are men that are mature in their masculinity. And what I define masculine, mature masculinity is a core which calls each man to reveal and manifest the full meaning of his masculinity, which is his potential. It requires them to claim the wisdom, beauty, and strength that's hiding inside of them. And by choosing this path, men uh, adhere to these values, which are similar to the values of the Northern Masonic Jurisdiction Scottish Rite. So there's accountability, authenticity, compassion, generosity, integrity, leadership, multicultural awareness, and respect. So accountability, you take sole responsibility for your action, thoughts, and feeling. Authenticity, you tell the truth about who you are and you strive to be your best self. Compassion, you empathize, connect to the suffering of others and act with love towards the world. Generosity, you recognize the giving of yourself from your abundance brings more for all. You take on missions of service in the world and work together with others to make a positive difference. Integrity, you live your values and seek wholeness within yourself and the world. Leadership, you step forward to offer compassionate leadership, seeking understanding and community rather than domination or oppression. 
multicultural awareness. You recognize that in our world, it is imperative to live in harmony with those who are different than ourselves. You strive to understand yourself and others and celebrate your differences. Respect. You pay attention to the impact of your actions on others and you treat others with honor. And so essentially, I take those core values of mature masculinity and I map them to the core values of Scottish Rite Freemasonry, which, you know, accountability I wrapped to reverence for God and justice, authenticity I equated to integrity and justice, compassion I mapped to reverence for God and justice, generosity, reverence for God, service to humanity, integrity, integrity and justice. Leadership, devotion to country and justice, multicultural awareness, tolerance and devotion to country. And then for respect, I put all of the values of the, the Scottish Rite because I really feel that, that you know, with the, without having all of those, you cannot have respect for others. So then I argue that your mature masculine friendship is going to be a friendship for the good. If you both believe and practice the core values that I just laid out. You're going to have the mutual respect for each other. You're going to have admiration for each other's virtues. And you're going to have that strong desire to aid and assist that other person due to their essential goodness. So let me let me stop you there. You know, early on, as you started to describe this, you talked about, you know, societal's expectations of men essentially to be, you know, emotionless and the manly man and all that. And made me think of my grandfather, my, my dad's dad. And he, growing up, he was, you know, we'd go over to their house and he was, you know, this kind of this gruff guy and, you know, it's like, oh, I was almost kind of scared of him and, and this, that, and the other. And when he, uh, in my 20s, as he was, you know, towards the end of his life, uh, we were in the hospital and he was, he was towards the end and he was laying there and he's been, he was a very, he was a very tall man. He's like 6'2", very strong. He was a laborer by his profession and had, you know, worked outside and he literally had a third grade education. And he just, he'd always had this, you know, kind of tough guy thing going. And I think a lot of it was because of his upbringing. But at the end, it's funny, as we were in that, ho- or in that uh, hospital room, he knew he wasn't going to make it. And <laughs> I'll never forget it. Just, I was holding his hand. And saw this tear come from his eyes because he, he couldn't move much by then. And just, it's like in a flash, I just saw all that veneer disappear. And I realized, you know, how much of that was just probably a societal expectation. I don't think I realized it maybe till years down the road, but as I have thought about that more than once, I could just see it that that's what his generation, that World War II generation, and he was a veteran, had expected of him, and I just saw in a flash the difference. And then later, as my grandmother would tell me stories of, you know, him courting her, and, I, you know, I learned more, and I just saw that, well, you know, that toughness wasn't really him. It may have been a piece of him, but there was just so much more to him. And I just think there's so many other men like that that, you know, their time and age didn't allow them to get to show the emotions that were healthy. I think that's an important point here. Emotions are natural and they're healthy. And when they're bottled up inside, they cause issues, you know, to be frank. And and I think as society has evolved over time uh, and we 
allow men to have more emotions, I think it's good. Darren, I think what you also hit on, though, was at the same time that's happening is that more men are isolated. So it's like, you know, you talk about that balance, uh, you know, whereas, you know, you could be more open, but yet at the same time, we're more, we're more isolated. And I think your point about how many friends do you really have? Well, I, you know, think back uh, and I'm like, I should have lots of friends, you know, uh, but they're probably fewer now. And a lot of that's because I don't see them. Maybe that's just because you get older and have kids and all that. But I also think part of it is just because we have become more isolated as a society. And then the last two years, as we've talked about more than once, have accelerated that isolationism. And Darren, you made a point, you know, your stats you were quoting were pre-COVID. And it will be interesting to see when those the new numbers come out. I would predict there's been an increase in it. And uh, and I, I don't say that with any uh anything that i would want to see an increase in numbers but uh, the reality is it, it probably is which i think leads to one of the important points of of the of what the fraternity can do and that's where we we're talking about that mentoring and and darren you talked about it in the presentation we did that night was intentional mentoring and unintentional mentoring and both are of extreme value because I think if you have a mentor as somebody you can talk with, it uh, it helps bring down these walls. It, I think it's a very positive thing that, you know, it doesn't have to be an emotional discussion. It's just the fact that you can talk through issues. And again, as we spoke about earlier, as you talk through those issues, the understanding that you gain, perhaps even from your own insight not just that you know, the person you're talking to, they may agree or disagree with you. I, sometimes it just doesn't even matter. Just the fact that you have the ability to talk through uh, a situation or an issue or a topic with somebody helps you drill down and, you know, I think helps you focus and, you know, lowers your blood pressure, you know, brings that stress level down because those are all the things we're seeing. And certainly I see it in higher education where I work, uh, you know, we talk about mental health a lot more. And so a lot of it is to Darren's topic here is uh, the isolationism that we're facing men in particular and how we can address some of that in a fraternity. Darren, I want you to talk about mentoring. If you can, uh, what you've seen with it, how you think the fraternity could do a, a different job, better job, you know, innovative job. What's your thoughts? So uh, essentially, the in wrapping up the presentation, I talk about uh, how these mature masculine friendships create a relationship that I call a friend tour. And I know it's a corny term, but this is essentially where you have friends that serve as mentors for each other. And mentorship isn't, I know, mentorship is usually thought of as someone older with more experience mentoring somebody younger with less experience. But and, and what I found is mentorship is a, a relationship, right? It is, as you said, it is having those, just being able to have those discussions and learning from each other. And it doesn't really matter if the mentor is younger or older. It's just that relationship where you're both providing each other guidance, knowledge, you're motivating each other, you're coaching each other. 
you're giving each other emotional support, you're so serving as role models for each other. But most importantly, I think, is when you are a mentor is that the hope is that you create other mentors. And that's the point I get to in the end of my presentation is that the goal of Freemasonry shouldn't be to take good men and make them better because we have, uh, you know, we have this tried and true thing. We need to take good men and we make them better. Well, that's, that's fine and dandy, but what we need to be doing is we need to be taking these good men and we need to be teaching them how to be mature masculine mentors for other men. And if we can teach this mentoring skill and if we can go out in our community and seek out these other men that I've shown are, are isolated and, uh, and our need for need mentorship, that's where we can make our deepest impact in, in the world. So, it's in my mind incumbent upon us to find these opportunities to mentor other individuals, be them in your Masonic Lodge or outside your Masonic Lodge. But ideally, they would be outside the Masonic Lodge so that you can show, you know, what our lodge, what our lodge values are about, what we do in lodge, what, what type of men we, we are. And I really think that. In order to do so, we have to be active in your communities, and you have to be active in supporting Masonic and non-Masonic youth organizations. And, and you know, both you and I, Greg, were scout leaders, and um, it's been a pleasure of mine. I know as your yours as well to see a lot of these young men uh, that we knew grow up into into manhood, and you know, go off to college, and and you know, be respectable members of society. There's a, a young man, Eric Roth, that both Greg and I know, and he had his Eagle Ceremony invited all of his leaders from the past. And it was really, I really got uh, emotional seeing he had a slideshow kind of showing his journey through scouting. And it was really emotional for me to, to see, you know, the impact that we had on this young man. Because I, I don't think that when you are being an adult leader or a mentor that you really think about that impact. You hope that you're having an impact, but I don't think that you're doing it for that. I think you do it because somewhere in mentoring these young men, it helps you learn about yourself as well. And like I said, that mentoring is a relationship. And I think that, you know, even young men have have things that they can teach us crusty old guys, right? So at the end of the day, if we are able to positively impact other men's lives and and do this by exemplifying the the core values of uh scottish right freemasonry and freemasonry in general you know we are uh hopefully going to inspire some of these men to to join freemasonry and also and i think if we're able to do that we're creating a better you know corner of our world we leave our legacy and and uh, and hopefully in imparting these values even if for some reason freemasonry were to wither and die that these values would live on yeah to kind of wrap it up let me give a sort of a an analogy or a metaphor i don't know what you would be maybe i'm not that sophisticated on this but i had a facebook memory pop up today and ironically i remember a few years ago i went down to uh, Belleville, Illinois, and I was retrieving some 
costumes and things for our new Royal Arch chapter. And I was in Belleville and in downtown, I think it must have been across the street from the lodge. There was this little house and there was a sign out back. And so, okay, it got my curiosity and I walked across the street and to see what the sign said. And in essence, what it said was men of today or man today or person of today may plant an acorn and that acorn will sprout into a tree and cast shade that the person who planted it will never get to see the benefit of. And I just think that analogy was just so almost everything we've talked about in this last hour that you're planting the seed today and you're doing that through living those core values that we talked about. You're doing that through becoming a mentor. You're doing that being involved in your community and all of that. And that person you may grow may do that with another person and another person. And so you may not see the net full result of your effort, but you've certainly planted that seed or that acorn that are going to have a big impact uh, down the road. And so that's, Darren, I think as I was thinking about this, um, that was just a, a, a picture in my mind I, I couldn't get away from as you described uh, the end here. So any parting comments, Darren, you want to give as we wrap up? So, yes, uh, mentoring is, I believe, the goal of uh, Scottish Rite Freemasonry, Masonry in general. Well, we appreciate everybody listening to this episode 45, Mature Masculine Friendship. Take a minute, go out and plant an acorn with somebody in your lodge. Watch them grow, and you never know, they may become uh, the next Grand Master of Freemasonry. They may become a mentor, more importantly, to somebody else that will help that person grow. So stay tuned uh, again here down the road for another exciting episode of Meet Acton Park, and we appreciate everybody listening tonight. Thank you for listening to Meet, Act, and Part. For more information about our show, visit our website at www.meetactonpart.com. While there, please consider supporting the show by sponsoring us on Patreon. Until we meet again, may we meet, Act, and Part. <laughs>